Well, welcome to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. We are, uh, we're here. It was raining yesterday and um, I didn't wash away. Pat, <laughs> how'd you do with the rain? That's not what I expected you to say. <laughs> I did. Well, sometimes I, I gotta be a little different. I didn't wash away. Sometimes I gotta, you know, keep it fresh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't wash away either. I... Did you have to put on a wetsuit and go walk out in the rain just to stay warm? Uh, no, I put on my rain boots to go out in the rain. And last night it rained so hard. I thought uh, the little courtyard out in front of my front door was going to flood and water was going to come inside. It Whoa. was, yeah, it was <laughs> really raining. Did you have to use sandbags? <laughs> no. I didn't have to use sandbags. Uh, luckily, the drain, the mm. drain caught up. The drain kicked it into high gear somehow, and uh, actually, I think the water level just rose enough that it started to go over like the little curb into the street. So, okay, all right. Sounds like uh, everything's safe at your house. Water was held back. That's good. Um, Pat, what what uh, scripture are we in today? I had a little bit of a tough time deciding. But here is what I came up with. On Wednesdays, we're going through the Minor Prophets. And today we are in the book of Amos. And little thing, before before we get into it too much with Amos, every time I say the name Amos, I feel like I'm kind of saying a bad word. (laughs) Got to be careful there. Yeah, but it was a, right, yeah. So you just got to be careful with it. Um, and you're not, you're saying someone's name, so it's all good. What chapter are we in, Pat? Uh, I was going to say we are going to jump into chapter five and we're going to go all the way down to the bottom of chapter five and check out verses 18 through 27. And I'm only mm. suggesting that I didn't prep at all. I didn't read any of this yet. I just know that Amos Chapter 5, verse 24, was used in a super-duper famous speech. It was used by Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, yeah. In his I Have a Dream speech. And verse 24, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-falling stream. Never-failing stream, not falling. I... Streams only fall, a never-failing stream. So we'll read verses 18 through 27. Cool. Verses 18 through 27. Sounds good. You You want to read it? Sure, I can read it. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear, as though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light, pitch dark without a ray of brightness? I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stretch to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings 40 years into the wilderness, people of Israel? You have lifted up the shrine of your king, the 
the pedestal of your idols, the star of your God, which you made for yourselves. Therefore, I will send you in exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is God Almighty. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There we go. <laughs> I like passages like this because you can pretty vividly uh, imagine some of the things going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really good imagery. Snake bite, darkness, ray of brightness. Yeah. Good imagery. Shall we go? Shall we take it from the top? Yeah, absolutely. Verse 18. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. All right. So the day of the Lord is, I think, I mean, the day of the Lord could be a few things. It could be like a Sunday, but it could be the day that the Lord comes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The day of the Lord. So like if you're thinking about the day of the Lord now, we think about Jesus coming back. Typically, that's what people think about. Yeah. Um, but at this point, Jesus isn't around yet, right? And so what would the day of the Lord be? Um, my little Bible has a footnote that says Isaiah chapter 2, verse 12. And Isaiah 2, 12 says, uh, The Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted, and they will be humbled. Um <clears throat> which is, uh, it sounds kind of like a reckoning. That's the word that I keep thinking of. Uh, it's like a day when justice is going to happen, right? So it's the day when God is going to come and set things right. Um, there's also another footnote that, that mentions Joel ch uh, chapter 1, verse 15. It says, Alas, for that day, for the day of the Lord is near, it will come like destruction from the Almighty. So it's uh, when I think of the day of the Lord in this context, typically I'm thinking of like, okay, this is when God is going to come back and make it right. Um, he's going to wipe out all the people who are doing bad and, uh, and it's going to be a good thing because that's not us, right? We're not the ones doing bad. And I think I, I feel like the prophet Amos kind of had a weird or not weird, Nothing's ever like weird in the Bible, but had a, a, a perplexing idea on what the day of the Lord was going to be like, As prompting the question, why yeah. do you long for the day of the Lord? And the prophet Amos obviously thought that the day of the Lord will be darkness, not light. So there was probably a lot of uh, ungood going on, a lot of bad stuff going on. Because yeah. Amos continues to use the imagery that I... That's why I like this section so much. Uh, uh, by in verse 19, it'll be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear. <laughs> That's a bad day right there, man. That's a bad day. You're like, oh, shoot, there's a lion over there. Quick run. And then you run face first into a bear. What I think of is like, this is the setup for an epic biblical camp prank. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. It's got it's got bears. Bears are involved. Uh, the second half of nineteen, right, has snakes. Uh, but I think I think the the point in this, at least that we're seeing, is don't think that when God comes back to put things right, uh, don't think that somehow you're going to be immune from God's judgment um, because your sin is a little less than someone else's, right? <laughs> um, there's still a reckoning that has to happen for
for for your sin, for your actions, for the ways that you've fallen short of God. And and as people, we're pretty good at explaining why we do what we do, and why we do what we do is 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 okay, mm-hmm. right? Like just just in in most people, they're like, well, you know, yeah, I told a lie, but it was a little white lie, or I. Um, yeah, I, I cheated on my taxes, but everyone does that. And like, technically, maybe I can get away with it. You know, like everyone comes up with reasons why what they're doing isn't that bad. But when it comes to someone else doing something against them, then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, God's going to like get retribution on them for what they've done. Yeah. Um, and so I think in this, as we're reading it, we're reading from Amos uh, and his his word to these people is like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 take a step back here. Uh, don't think you're immune. Um, don't think that you've done nothing wrong. Don't take this lightly. Right, yeah. Because, I mean, everyone uh, on the day of judgment will be judged for something. You know, us as humans, we are imperfect. That's a... What if, Patrick, on the day of judgment, you're judged just solely on your surfing ability? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I'm i pretty good. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, 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 there wouldn't be much to uh, critique, you know? It's, it'd be, uh, oh, yeah, you, uh-huh. you did yeah. really good. You're super good. At, I don't know. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, there'd still be some judgment, right? I'm not a professional. I'm not, I haven't won a world title, so... <laughs> no, not yet. So, not yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be strange, but it's like it's that's an interesting perspective to put it into. Think about it in like one little slice. It's like okay, if you're gonna be judged just on the slice, what would it be like, right? That's kind of a a cool way to think about it. But that's not the, getting the big picture, right? You're judged on everything, yeah. not just one little aspect. And verse 20, right, it tells us, or verse 19, it talks about, right, it's as though he entered his house and rested his hands on the wall, which means like you, in, you get into your house, your wall is supposed to be what protects your your house uh, from, you know, critters coming in or whatever coming in, only to have a snake bite you. So it's like you finally get to the place of safety that you think is safety, and then all of a sudden, bam, that's where you get caught up. Yeah. So he uses these, like all these different little pieces. And then he comes back to the light and darkness in verse, in verse 20. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light, pitch black or pitch dark without a ray of brightness? He's asking this hypothetical question. He's like the day of uh, the Lord, when God comes back uh, and when God, um, you know, has this reckoning, has this, you know, dealing with sin, it's not going to be a pretty thing. It's going to be bad, not right. good. Um, and then he gets into some of his his accusations against the people here. Yeah, yeah. Verse twenty one. I hate. I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench. I think when I first read it, I said a stretch to me, but it actually does say oh. does say stench. Your assemblies are a stench to me. That's. That's like really, that's some mm. really rough uh, accusations. Uh, if someone came out, out to yeah, me and said that, some, I'd, I'd feel personally attacked almost. You, yeah, you've got some stinky parties going on over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then even verse 22, even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, 
I will not accept them. That's uh, also, uh, that would hurt. You know, if I brought someone an offering and they were like, heck no, I'm not taking that. I would, I would feel hurt. Yeah. So I, in this, Amos is taking the voice of the Lord, right? This is the Lord's voice speaking to the people. And can you imagine God saying to you, I hate your church services. Yes. That'd be brutal. Like I hate, you know, the, like for us to be like, I hate your Easter service or I hate your Christmas Eve service. Uh, it's stinky. Yeah. It literally <laughs> <Right>. smells bad. <laughs> Even though you like, you know, cut a bunch of checks to the church. Uh, I don't want them. Um, even if you, you know, bring, uh, offerings to me, uh, I, I have no regard right. for him. Um, your music that you make verse 23, like away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harp. So it's like, yeah, you're playing the guitar and playing that worship song that everyone thinks is great. And I don't want it. I don't want to hear another verse of Waymaker. I'm over it is what, is what uh, God is saying here. Um, and yeah. before we get to verse 24, there's something in this that uh, that I think we're kind of landing on even as we start to unpack this. And that is, it seems, and, and of course, Jesus in the New Testament says this multiple times, uh, that when we take our religious festivals, we take our religious acts, and we think that those religious acts in and of themselves can save us, we need to be wary, right? Right. Yeah. The term woe keeps coming up. Like, wait a minute. Uh, just because you've taken communion and got baptized and go to Christmas and Easter services, that doesn't in and of itself make you uh, a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Or one that I've heard people say, it's like, oh, you know, I go to church every Sunday. So I'm like a better person. Well, that might not be true. And maybe you are a better person, yeah. you know? And I do believe that people that physically go to church every day, they are absorbing something, not every day, every Sunday, they are absorbing something every Sunday that is pro- pro- probably most likely changing their lives. Uh, but yeah. that's there's so much more to it than just physically yep. going and sitting in a pew on Sundays. You know what I mean? It, you have to have, you have to study scripture on your own. You have to be in relationship with God. You have to be in prayer. Yeah. And it's, it's an amazing thing that the people back then, you know, obviously they didn't have uh, Jesus, right? That wasn't something that they, they knew. They didn't know the name Jesus. Uh, so what they were trying to do is just to be obedient to God's law. And what, and what Amos is showing them here, it's like, well, you got some of the things, right? You're doing the festivals, right? But here's a problem. In verse 24, this this famous, uh, famous verse um, tells them what they're doing wrong, right? But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing yeah. stream. So what do they lack? They lack justice. There isn't justice in their nation. Righteousness is not something that's happening among yeah. them. Right. Um, they're being called, they're being called out. Uh, and... And I think that's, you know, that's something that's actually really helpful. I don't know. I don't know, Pat, if, if you feel like this, but I'll just, I'll just tell you. I like it when people call me out for mistakes that I've made if they're doing it in love. And it might not be easy, but like, here's a great example. You know, if you're like, 
walk in or you're like, let's say you walk into a meeting or you're meeting someone and you've got like a big old chunk of like, you know, spinach stuck in between your teeth, but you can't see it. Um, I always appreciate the friend who kind of like gets close to you and just like whispers like, Hey dude, you got some spinach in your ear or in your ear. (laughs) You got some spinach in your, in your teeth. Yeah. Uh, and then you can like, you know, you can take care of it. Um, that's what a true friend does. A true friend like tells you when there's something going on. Uh, when you, and someone who's not your friend will just probably like stand back and laugh at you without telling you. Verse 25. Did you bring me sacrifices and, oh wait. Oh yeah. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings 40 years in the wilderness people of Israel? All right. Can you like explain what, what that is all about there? So in this, uh, in this verse you have, um, the people who were in the, in the wilderness for 40 years. And this was Moses and this was Aaron. And this was, uh, God's people who had left uh, out of Egypt and they went in and they got the law. They re- they received all these good things from God. They got manna from heaven. Um, and in this time, I think what this is saying is that they didn't have any offerings really to bring to God. Um, they didn't have the really the way of doing it because they were completely dependent on God. And so I think what's happening um is God, I think maybe in this, God's pointing out like, hey, I'm the one who's bringing stuff to you. You're not really the ones bringing stuff to me. Um, I've taken care of you. Uh, You're not the ones taking care of me. Um, Kind of pointing out that like their religious festivals, the things that they're doing are not like necessities for God. Uh, It's about something deeper. And I think what, you know, he's getting to here is it's about your heart, where you're at, the core of you, right? Verse 26, Pat, you want to read it? You have lifted up the shrine of your king, the pedestal of your idols, the star of your God, which you made for yourselves. So in my Bible, the God there in the middle is lowercase g, and I have a little footnote that says, uh, yeah. lifted up to Sakuth, which was their king, I believe, uh, star gods, uh, shrines that they made or idols that that God is a, a lot of uh, different things, different idols for them. But basically it's just uh, different people or leaders or items that they made. It, and it's, it's these folks coming in and, you know, over the course of time, they're like, Oh, whatever. It's just a little statue or, you know, I, I, I worship the true God, but like, you know, here's just, the, there's just this little thing that I do. Um, and so we got to be careful about that stuff, right? Idolatry is a big deal when it comes to God. God doesn't seem to have a lot of patience yeah. for, uh, people who are worshiping false right. gods and the people are doing that. And he's just straight up calling them out on it. Like, yeah, you've done these things. And then he says, why, what he's going to do about it. Verse 27, therefore I will send you into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is God almighty. He's like, I'm going to take care of this. So sorry, you know, right. like, you have messed up bad and I need to, you know, and this is going to be the result of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, at the time I could maybe see how the people that were receiving this news would be like, that's so unfair. This isn't right. But it, in our perspective now, uh, I think that that is a, a fair kind of like a fair judgment for people that worship false idols. 
I know I'm not like the person that yeah. decides punishments or anything, but uh, that reading this, it's like, whoa, if that's like an, what can happen if you worship a, a false idol, that's, that's yeah. pretty brutal. And it takes, then the thing too is it takes a perspective that I think God gives us to even recognize it. Because sometimes you might be born into a household, uh, you might be born into a community that where idolatry is something that just happens. And in our country right now, the idol that people worship, there's a lot of them, but a big one is just money and success. And money and success are more important than anything else for a lot of people. Yeah. They're more important than going to church. Like if we look at all the things that compete with people going to church, uh, you know, sports are a big one. Sometimes just people being tired because they've worked too hard all week. Uh, sometimes folks are thinking more, you know, just cognitively in their heads. They think more about uh, about just sort of science and and they've kind of left this whole idea of religion behind. Um, there's all sorts of things that can become idols to us during the election season. Sometimes our, our political heroes can become idols or the ideology that they represent can become an idol to us. And that is more important than God. And the problem with idols is that there's something good generally in every single idol. There's something about it that actually is good. The problem is when we put it in front of God. And so these people have done that. They've put some things in front of God. And the result is that God is going to come in and he's going to have to move them out uh, into exile, out of this promised land because they, they've screwed it up. They've made a mistake. Now, here's the crazy thing that happened years later, right? We go back into this promised land and everyone has made a mistake from all time, all history. Uh, scripture tells us that, that no one is perfect, right? That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single person has. But instead of God taking all of us and sending us all into exile, uh, God actually exiled himself in the person of Jesus. He put Jesus into the world uh, and pushed him out of heaven. Uh, he willingly went into, into this world in order to live a perfect life and to die for us um, so that we would be immune to God's wrath, uh, so that we would have this friendship with God, so that we could have this loving relationship with our Father because of Jesus, because of his exile. Uh, and that's kind of a cool reversal that God did for us. So that's why we can have joy, man. We know that we do not need to be exiled. We know that our true place, our true home uh, is with is with God the Father. How cool is that, Pat? It's, it's awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you it for is. tuning in to today's Amen. devotional. And uh, you will hear from us again very soon. Have a great day. Bye, friends. Bye.